You know what? Let's just cut to the chase. I think it's going to be James Reimer. All right. And all of you are like, ah! like losing your mind over <laughs> coming. You're arguing with me right now. Like you're in your car or something. And you're like, that's just Ned's been so much better. I don't understand why they always hurricanes always do this to go back. I'm not arguing with you. You know, you could chill. Just let me finish. <laughs> you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kane's Train Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Doing all right? I was a little more dead last week than I am this week. You might hear I'm still a little congested, so pardon that. But uh, in between last episode and this episode, wanted to die. And, you know, we're better on either end of it. Found out I have an ear infection. Like, what am I, a fucking six-year-old? I guess from being all fucking clogged up with, you know. Anyway, you know what's not clogged up with shit? DraftKings. Segway of the year award. Like, give me a bonus. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, and that's the leader in daily fantasy sports. How Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. And this week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf. That's a big range. DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Look, it's simple. You just build a lineup on DraftKings and make the games more interesting to watch. Reward yourself. Put something on the line, you know? Something on the line. DraftKings paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports, and DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. So there's no better place to get on all the action. So now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Sneezed in in the middle of that. You didn't hear it because I'm a good producer. And as I said that, I bumped the microphone. Um... I think the only game that the Hurricanes played since the last episode was... Oh, no, they played two, I guess, right? Yeah, they played Florida, and maybe they played three. Did they play three, guys and girls? Is that possible? Did they play three games? Um, anyway, we'll get into them. They're 3-0 and in their last three games, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, honestly, you know, not everyone has been pretty, but they're winning games. Ain't that all that matters? Um, Carolina Hurricanes are moving right now. I mean, they're fifteen six and one. Like, I some people will say like, "Oh man, this team," and I'm like, "Dude, they're fifteen six and one." Even if they lose a game, like, uh, if you would have told me in March that the Hurricanes would have fifteen wins and seven total losses, I would have been like, "Hell yeah, we're winning the fucking cup, baby." 
too much negativity floating around here. We're all about positive vibes. No, the the the, Pan- the first Panthers game was on Saturday, so that one that one came out on the Monday episode. So we're good. So we just we're talking about the the Panthers game from Monday and the uh, the Preds game on Tuesday. And there's a game tonight against Detroit as this comes out on good old Thursday. And guess what? You can get tickets to that, baby. So go do that if you can. It's probably expensive. <laughs> but if you can do it, you should go if you want to go. Um, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to see fans back in PNC. Obviously, stay safe. But, um, you know, it's a big arena. You can spread out. You'll be all right. Um, Kane's 2-0 in their last two. Let's jump into that real quick because in both of these games, there was kind of a trend of uh, getting destroyed in third periods, but still finding a way to win. Against Florida, uh, in both these games, really, it was a good first period start. And then, you know, uh, a gradual transition to the other team kind of taking over. And then, you know, a late, very late rush. Uh, and in, in Florida, that was tying the game and then winning it in overtime. And uh, in Nashville, it was, you know, holding on to a lead and, and getting an empty netter. So against Florida, I mean, the Hurricanes came out solid. Um, and then the Panthers started taking over the game. They got ahead. Um, Tris. Tris. Chris Drieger was playing really well, like he has been this season. I mean, he's a great goalie. Florida's a really good team. Uh, they're not They're not pretenders. Like, if you're waiting for Florida to fall off, you're going to be waiting for the entire season. Florida is like the Islanders of a few years ago, where you were like, there's no way this team's that good. And then by, like, March, you were like, ah, this team's really good. Um, so, yeah, Florida's a really talented team. They're hard to beat, hard to play against. They've got good goaltending this year, and it's not necessarily coming in the form of their $10 million goalie in Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, it's coming in the form of Chris Drieger. Good for them. Uh, they deserve some success after, you know, years of not being... As relevant, we know how that feels. Uh, I like when those teams bounce back into the into the circle of, you know, uh, the center of attention in the league. Florida's a great team, and the Hurricanes are a great team as well, so it was a good game, but Florida's going to get their chances. They took over for a little bit, um, and then it was, you know, it was not looking good for the Canes. They were down. It was 2-1. Right at the end of the third period, Vincent Trocek gets a pass from behind the net from, I believe it was Marty Natchez, and, uh, and drills one home. That man loves scoring against his former team. It's awesome. You love to see it. Uh, if you're a Hurricanes fan, not if you're a Panthers fan, for sure. But game gets tied up. It goes to overtime. We're all thinking, wow, we don't deserve to be here. But it's really cool that we are. And then in overtime, uh, a little bit of back and forth action, minimally. And then it's the Sebastian Ajo and Marty Natchez show. Marty Natchez is just unbelievable in, uh, in overtime. Like three on three. I think I would take Natchez first overall. Well, maybe not. I mean, there's guys like Nathan McKinnon and Connor McDavid and, you know, guys like that that uh, <laughs> you might want to call first. But, like, if there was if, – if the NHL went to three-on-three, three, like, that's just what the game was, and it was that up-and-down game constantly, which would be super fun, but not the same kind of hockey. But if they want to make, like, an NHL threes league, I'm fucking down, man. That would be fun. Um, but if that was, if, if that were the case, if that's what the league looked like, dude, Marty Natchez would be, I mean, if you had a fantasy draft, that guy's got to go like, you know, first or second round or you're sleeping on him. He's unreal. Um, so great pass from Ajo to Natchez. He taps her in nice celly, the st- the old stick over the head celly. You got to love it. Uh, and the hurricanes grab that extra point And in a game where it didn't quite look like, uh, 
they deserve to win, they got the win. And that's awesome. That's what good teams do. You know, there's been other games this season where it's been frustrating because we feel like the Hurricanes played well enough to win. They just didn't. This is just what happens with good teams. The Panthers are pro- feel that same way right now. But guess what? You played a good team, and good teams sometimes get lucky, find ways to win because uh, they're always competing. Like, they're always in the game. It's the same thing when the Hurricanes played Tampa. I thought that at least two of those games out of the four, um, well, three, because they, they won the first one, right? But then two out of the next three, they easily could have won. They just didn't because the other team is a really, really good team, and they found a way to win a couple of times in a row. So... No big deal on the losing streak to me um, when it's not like you were playing horrible. And, you know, people have uh, people aren't happy about the fact that the Hurricanes are, like, losing periods, but, I mean, their schedule's been pretty rough recently. They've been playing nothing but really good teams. And then you go to the Nashville game, which I'll jump on in a sec here, and, I mean, Nashville's not great, but they've got top-end talent, and they've been good lately, so they're kind of on a roll. And the Hurricanes just played, like, 22 games and... 19 nights, you know, like, I mean, they are at the end coming up here. They're about to get a two day break after this game on Thursday as this comes out. But, uh, I mean, it's been, it's been brutal. It's been relentless. It's been game, game, off, game, off, game, game, off game. I mean, it's been, that is a ridiculous schedule. I don't care in what, what kind of shape you're in. If you're in the greatest shape of anyone's potential life, uh, you're going to start seeing signs of fatigue at the end of that. And I think in the Nashville game, that started to kick in a little bit. It's why the Hurricanes looked like they were playing a beer league team in the first period. I thought that they like took the Preds to school in the first period, and then it started to wind down. The Preds started to take control eventually and really push back, and that's just what teams are going to do, man. It's the NHL. They're going to have chances to win. In that Florida game, worth noting, Alex Sandelkovich made like 42 saves or something like that. Uh, he was really, really impressive in that game he was on. He was feeling it. And that's great to see because the more goalies that give the Canes a chance to win, I am here for it. Um, I guess that's one of the things we can talk about because the Ned Reimer thing is going to be a conversation here coming up shortly because Peter Morozik might be playing tonight as this comes out. Uh, I don't know that yet. I can't see into the future, but I would imagine it could very easily be the case. If not, he will probably be playing Sunday. Uh, All those games, the next four games at home for the Canes, which is awesome. Um... In Nashville, James Reimer, I thought James Reimer played well. So really good to see the last couple games. Both goalies really uh, really shining. Uh, people were blaming Reimer for like every goal that he led in against Nashville, but really, I mean, their tips and their threw tons of net front, and that's how the Hurricanes have been scoring most of their goals. I wouldn't blame the opposing goalies for that, so I'm not going to blame our own goalies for that. Um, I thought both guys played well. Now, let's get to the goaltending talk here. Um, because it's it's obviously a topic of conversation in the fan base, and uh, obviously you're not going to carry three guys. Somebody's going to the taxi squad. Who's it going to be? Um, let me explain a thing first, because I'll give you my answer of who I'm 99% sure it will be. And you know what? Let's just cut to the chase. I think it's going to be James Reimer, all right? And all of you are like, ah! like losing your mind over... <laughs> Come in, you're arguing with me right now. Like you're in your car or something, and you're like, that's just, Ned's been so much better. I don't understand why they always, Hurricanes always do this to come back. I'm not arguing with you, you know? You can chill. Just wait, let me finish. <laughs> let me finish. Um, I think, like many of you probably do, that during this stint, since Mrazek has gotten hurt, um, Ned hasn't always been phenomenal, but here recently over the last, I don't know, three, four games, I think he's been the better goalie. 
Let's repeat that sentence and with an emphasis on the first part. During the last three to four games played. Um, look, I'm all for guy riding a, a guy on a hot streak. But when it comes to lineup decisions overall, a three to four game stint isn't really a good sample size for making a big decision like, hey, this, this goalie who's had a career at the NHL level and proven a lot that, you know, while he might not be the most consistent guy, he has been able to do it for like years, you know? Um, and then you've got another guy who's like, working his ass off to prove himself, and I seriously respect it. I think he's been good lately. Um, but he's also had games where it hasn't been great. And last year, you know, he got a look, and I don't know that he could beat out Anton Forsberg for the starting. Like, Forsberg got more starts. You know what I mean? So you, when you're judging players and who should come in and out of the lineup, especially at the, at the goalie position where there's only two of them, uh, you, you can't make impulse decisions. And the coaching staff is not going to make impulse decisions. And Rod is a guy who's always going to lean on what you've done and what you've carved out and respect for the grind to get where you are. So he's always going to err on the side of the veteran guy over the rookie guy in a key spot, right? Reimer has come through a lot for the Hurricanes. I know that recency bias will have a lot of you thinking that, you know, he hasn't done anything for this team, but look at his record. I mean, you've seen it. How many times have you seen it now? Like his last 25 starts, he's like, 20 or 20 last 30 or so starts he's like 22 five and something you know uh i understand that the goals against and and whatever uh isn't the greatest during that time period but if you're winning games do you care do you care how you're winning games if you can win 25 out of 30 games do you care how you want them uh that seems to me like a goalie who's at least been able to keep his team in games so and if he's blowing them, he's blowing like three out of every 30, which to me is like an acceptable rate. Uh, a lot of goalies are going to do that. So you have to take that in, into consideration, right? You cannot just judge James Reimer on his last four games because he's also a goalie that has excelled, you know, with less, with less workload. And honestly, I think that Ned has excelled with more workload and had a little bit more trouble when he's not getting as many starts consistently. Again, that's a super small sample size. It's hard for me to even, you know, say that and and say and, and and be any kind of judgment that matters. But the sample size matters. So while I think that Ned has definitely earned a right to stick around, and I do think he'll get more time. I think that you might see him rotated in. I think that he's gained some trust from the coaches. And and honestly, after Reimer's contract is up, which I you know uh, I'm not looking at cap friendly or anything maybe I should be I'll actually pull it up as I'm as I'm talking this out but uh you know I could see Ned sticking around and and being that that backup but for right now I mean you've got two goalies that have proven they can do it and you've got one guy that's done a pretty good job of proving that maybe he could do it but it's such a it's such a short sample size, and that's not his fault, right? It's no one's fault. I mean, you're, we're not wishing for Peter Morozik to be out <laughs> any more than he is, right? Everyone wants him to come back ASAP. So Ned's not going to get you know 30 games under his belt, and uh, I don't know that we want him to because it means that Morozik's out. So it is what it is. Yeah. So James Reimer and Peter Morozik actually are unrestricted free everybody's a free all the goalies are free agents uh for next season in 21 22 
which is interesting. Um, and then you've also got the expansion draft and some other things like that to think of. So, interesting. But I do think that if Ned continues to shine in any chances he's given, that he will, de- he will, be, um, he will be really putting himself out there to earn that spot for next year because when contracts are up, you start going, now we can throw the money and, and the all that out the window and let's talk about value. And right now, the way Ned's playing with what he's done on a $737,000 contract is worth a hell of a lot more than James Reimer on a $3.4 million. Right? That makes sense, right? But right now, you're already paying that cap no matter what. So that doesn't matter. No one cares about that. Um... And it, and it will matter when you're talking about that cap sitting on a taxi squad and not and not getting a chance to play. Um, because you want to try to get the value out of it or else you're kind of hurting, you know. I, it, before, it doesn't really matter because, like I said, you're paying that no matter what. You, you want your team to just go ahead and perform the best. But in the offseason, those stuff will matter. So I think, like, I know Ned's been so patient and, like, I feel bad for him, but... Uh, you've gotta, you've gotta just continue to be patient, and look for a better contract next year, and and look for you know a chance to step in and be at least a, a backup option. Um, I don't know what the Hurricanes will do with goaltending. I have no clue. I would imagine they try to stick with like a Morazic as long as you know the rest of the season goes well for him. He's got a lot to, he's got a big opportunity here to have a great season and and you know make some money off of it and then maybe that works out maybe you're spending around the same because if if Mirazik's pay goes up I don't think I don't see Ned making you know over like a million and, and some change um I don't even know that he'll get there because he hasn't really played that many games like it's hard to have things to argue um and I think he's ar- arbitration eligible this next season yeah he is so he'll probably go to arbitration honestly he'll probably go to arbitration um but yeah so that's what it is on the goalie thing. So, you know, you just got to think a little more long-term. I know we all want to think in the, the last game we watched, we want that to be the, the you know, judgment stick for everything else. But, you know, you got to think a little more long-term. The coaching staff's not going to make impulse decisions. The fans will <laughs> because it's may, way more emotional for you than it is for them. They're, they're paid money. It's their job to make sure that the right decisions are made. So they can't take impulse, you know, they can't make impulse decisions. They can't bring emotions into it. Um, Rod Brindamore, there's been some discussions about his extension. It's going to happen. Who cares how it happens? There's a 0% chance that, I, I don't think Rod, like if Rod Brindamore wasn't coaching for the Hurricanes, he'd be like, I'm done with this shit. I don't think he likes it that much. Like, I think he likes it because he likes being a part of the team and he likes, you know, being able to give something back to these players. And I think he has a lot of respect for the guys out there and he, he likes leading them and he likes the success that, you know, they've been able to have. But like, I think there's a lot of parts about coaching that just drain Rod. And like, I, I don't know if Rod Brennamore is going to be a coach for, you know, a long, long time. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he'll do. I definitely can't see him coaching for another team though. Like I straight up don't think he'd want to. I think that he'd be like, nah, no. Only reason I'm doing this is for this team, cause I cause I wanted to to bring back what it meant to be a Carolina Hurricane. I want I wanted that to be a good thing, and now it is again. And so you know we'll roll with this, but eventually Rod's gonna tap out. I think after a certain amount of years. I don't know what that is. I'm not saying it's anytime soon, but uh, the extension will happen. Like if you're worried about that, um, let me put that to bed for you. There's no way Rod Brindamore coaches for anyone else, and there's no way Tom Dundon lets him go. So 
Rod Brindamore is like Tom Dundon's most respected person in the universe, which is a good thing for both guys. Um, I want to talk real quick about, speaking of extensions, Dougie Hamilton. Um, look, let's, while I have Cap Friendly up, let's have this discussion. Okay, here's the, this is an early, very, very early, um, you know, time to do this, and I wouldn't usually, I'm not going to go too much in depth into it, I'm just going to take a lot of guesses at what the Canes will do to give myself a decent idea of how much money there is, okay? So Warren Fogle is an arbitration-eligible uh, restricted free agent after this season, Brock McGinn's an unrestricted free agent, Martin Nook's an unrestricted free agent, Paquette's an unrestricted free agent, Svechnikov's a restricted free agent, we know that, Dougie, of course, the person in question is an unrestricted free agent, and Jake Bean is a restricted free agent, not arbitration eligible. Then we've got all the goalies as well. And uh, everyone on the taxi squad, which is the only one I think really matters, is Morgan Geeky, who's a restricted free agent after that. Okay? So, with that in mind, the Hurricanes uh, would have a projected cap hit uh, with all those current contracts of $53 million 373,000 and some change, which means their cap space is about 28.1. All right. So let's, let's start the counter at 28.1 and let's go down the list. Let's just, what I'm trying to do is figure out how much the Hurricanes might have left to even offer uh, Dougie Hamilton or to, to have options outside the team because you may want to sign free agents as well. First of all, Warren Fogle, he's getting 2.15 this year. It's tough for me to say what happens to Warren Fogle. It might, he might go right back to arbitration, and to be honest, uh, let's just assume he gets a similar thing. Let's just subtract 2.15 again, okay? And that's assuming the team cares to offer him a, a, you know, a qualifying offer. Uh, Brock McGinn is an unrestricted free agent. He's making 2.1. Uh, he's had a pretty good year. I think they'll want to keep Brock McGinn, but I think they'll want to, that'll be a bit of a, let's just call it 2.3. Let's give Brock a slight raise, right? Um, Jordan Martinook, look, to me, Jordan Martinook is a take him or leave him guy right now. I'm going to leave some space in there. I'm going to, I'm going to put him down for 1 million. He's currently on a $2 million deal. I'm going to put him down for one and I'm putting that at 50% because I'm, not sure whether the Hurricanes will be interested in re-signing him or not yet. So I'm leaving them. I'm leaving some level of flex for the scenario that they, you know, don't sign him and have two million freed up. But I'm also, you know, coupling that with they may sign him to a similar-ish deal. But re- I mean, two million, like, I don't know. I think you could get like I think Brock McGinn's worth a lot more than Jordan Martinook. That's just me. Um, Cedric Paquette. I don't really know what the Canes are going to do for him. Um, I don't know if he'll stick around. And I don't really know, I don't really have a good uh, sense of his value. A lot of his value is built into physicality, and it's really tough for me to gauge that because there's just not as many of those players, so their value seems to be driven up because there's less of them, like supply and demand, right? Um, But he's not going to do that that much for you other than just maybe be a solid fourth-line guy. So again, let's just subtract one and give it a little bit of flex. Andrei Svechnikov is one that is difficult for me to take a stab at. But I will, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna put him at. Uh, let's just call it eight. You know, let's call it a Sebastian Aho like thing. I don't, I don't really know what to say. Again, I'm leaving a little bit of flex either way. I'm just gonna put eight for now. Um, as the season goes on, it'll be a lot easier to figure out what that is. Jake Bean, I think the Hurricanes will qualify him. You know, we're talking nine hundred thousand, whatever, whatever his upgrade is from that. Uh, I think it's like a 15% increase or something, so that would be somewhere around 900000 
Uh, then you've got the goalies, and look, right now the Hurricanes have 7.262 tied up in goalies. Uh, I'm going to assume that they stay around the 7 million mark. I don't know what combination it will be. I don't know if there'll be a combination of those three guys, different guys completely, you know, two of them, one of them leaves, two of them leave. I don't know. So I'm just going to subtract seven for now and just say that the Hurricanes, I'm going to guess they spend somewhere around seven. Again, this is plus or minus a decent amount, okay? You've also got Morgan Geeky, um, which I think he'll get a qualifying offer, um, and it doesn't show his cap hit right now because uh, he's on the taxi squad, which is a zero, but it'll be like another eight to 900,000, so let's just subtract 0.85. Um, the rest of those guys I don't think need to be on there. Um, also worth noting that the $2.33 million Alex Simmons deal comes off the books next year. Thank the fucking Lord. So, I'm sitting here with the Hurricanes having about $5 million in projected cap space if all those guys were signed. Obviously, you have room if you want to cut some of them, but just know that you lose that person, and the next man up would be an AHL-level player currently, all right? Um, that also, there will be give and take with the Svetch extension as well. Like, Dougie and Svetch will have to be balanced. So, to me, uh, Svetch at 8 makes sense, right? Um, Dougie at five, he's not going to take that. He's going to want to raise, um, you know, he's had, he's had a good year. He's had some success. His current cap hit is 5.75. Honestly, if you want my real opinion, I don't know that that's far off from, from his value. I think that's a pretty good contract for Dougie Hamilton. Um, he, he hasn't quite shown, well, I won't even say quite. He hasn't shown consistency at that top level, you know, Norris level talent. Like, I'm not ready to consider Dory. Dor- what? What? I'm not ready to consider Dougie Hamilton like a perennial Norris candidate uh, because he hasn't been able to do that yet. And I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at Dougie. I'm, it's obviously, there's only a handful of guys who are in the, uh, you know, I don't even know that Roman Yossi does that. Um, you know, you're talking about like Victor Hedman level defenseman, which I don't really know how many other people are in Victor Hedman's league. I think it's kind of just him, you know? Roman is a guy that's close. You know, John Carlson is another guy that comes up, but I think that th- those are pretty special players. So I don't think you should take offense to being compared to, you know, slightly below a generational talent on defense, you know? Um, Dougie has been able to put up numbers, you know? Uh, his defensive game has come and gone. When his defense is on like it was last season, I think you can see how much overall, like how much better overall that makes him offensively and just as a complete player like it's just a complete package it's like when uh you know it's like Patrice Bergeron like if Patrice Bergeron wasn't as good defensively he wouldn't be putting up the numbers he does he'd be putting up probably a half to you know 75 percent of them because he'd be spending more time in his zone um so it's a really important part of the game it just it just ups your value a lot if you can also be good defensively and if you're a defenseman it's pretty important to me to be good in your own end uh Dougie has not been bad in his own end but he's had his moments, right? And uh, he's he's dipped in and out of his game, elevating and then kind of coming back down. So um, if I'm going to give him, you know, one out of 10 rating on offense and defense, I'm going to give, and that's basically on like what I've seen his average level be. I'm going to say his offense is an eight, which to me is really good for a defenseman. Um, and I'm going to say his defense is like a, between a, I don't know, I'll give it a seven, right? So that's pretty damn good. Um but to me, uh, if you're going to average out to be a 7.5, that's pretty fucking good, right? I mean, you're in the, you should be um, a top-pairing defenseman to me if, if you can pull that off. 
Um, but to me, that's somewhere in the in the six to six and a half range. That's what I would value it at. That doesn't matter at all because I'm not a GM. Uh, I'm not an agent. I'm not a player. So my opinion doesn't really matter on that. I'm just telling you what I'm guessing at. What I, if I'm armchair GMing this, which I don't, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Uh, you know, I feel like I have a decent sense of guys' values, and of course the market's always changing. But right now, like if I'm offering Dougie a contract, 6.5 is where I'm going with it. I know that he probably wants more in the 9 range. We had heard reports that he was more in the Pietrangelo range, um, which what did he just get signed for? It's a lot of fucking money is what it is. Um, let's see. Alex Petrangelo cap friendly. Alex Petrangelo is currently making 8.8. Yeah. So Dougie's in the, in the eight, nine range and the team's probably in the five, five to six range, you know? Um, the answer is usually in between. So we'll see if they're willing to compromise. I could see Dougie taking like a six and a half million deal. I think he likes it here. Um, but you just heard us talk about those, uh, those cap hits. So what are you cutting? Maybe you could spend a little less on goaltending by letting James Reimer go. Um, you get Morazic on a similar-ish deal. You know you maybe put him at four and then net at one, and you save $2 million there, and there's your money. So there's an option. Uh, and that's signing all those other guys that I mentioned. But keep in mind that I, uh, I halved a couple of them because I wasn't sure what the Hurricanes were doing. So you're maybe replacing some pieces you may be keeping guys on with a little less flexibility. It's really tough to say, but it doesn't seem like there's nine there for Dougie. And I don't think that that would be smart to offer because uh, I don't like that's going to be a longer term deal and you have to get value off that contract. So if you're if you know if you're offering him seven million a year for five years, he better average out over those five years being a seven million dollar player. So if if he's at his best right now and he's a $7 million player, it's not a smart deal to make long-term because halfway through it, you'll be in the red consistently. And overall, you will get negative value from it. You know, And you see that all the time. And it's just what free agency does because it's an open market. There's competition for guys. GMs are willing to spend more money than they should, <laughs> You know, making a bad business decision, really, and losing some money in the long run on a guy to put him on their team and give them a chance of success because this league is all about winning a cup Nothing else matters. If you if you are bad for four years straight and you are tanking after you just won a cup, uh, most people are going to be like, we won a cup. It was worth it, right? Um, but if we're looking at sustained success, which is obviously the model to shoot for, I don't know that there's much more than a six to six and a half to offer Dougie. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out with Dougie's camp. Um, but to me right now, that's fair. And maybe Dougie goes off and has an amazing season. And if that's the case... That's awesome. I don't know if the Hurricanes are going to be able to make that deal. Because where do you let it go? Um, you know, you're either losing like a Brock McGinn, Warren Fogle guy, which you might not think is a big deal, but I think those guys matter. You saw what the Hurricanes looked like with, with a little less physicality in their lineup last year. They didn't have as much success, and they had a lot of trouble against top-end teams. This year, they've been able to keep up with top-end teams, one, because they've gotten even more skilled, but two, because they've, they've grown as a... Uh, as a team where they have a lot of two-way players now and a lot of guys who are, and, and a little bit more physicality. You know, I think Brady Shea brought more physicality. I think that, uh, to an extent, Jesper Foss brought more physicality just as a guy who's willing to go to the dirty areas. Andre Svechnikov has become more physical. Um, you know, you've got Warren Fogel, Brock McGinn, Jordan Martin, guys like that, Cedric Paquette now, who are willing to hit anything that moves. 
Um, and Steven Lorenz to me is an option too. Like I, I would be willing to let Cedric Paquette, honestly, I'd be more willing to let Jordan Martinuk go, uh, and keep Steven Lorenz and maybe consider keeping Cedric Paquette for a little bit of that physical edge, throw that fourth line out there. To me, that's, that's a, you know, that's solid enough. You've got Morgan Geeky as a, as a backup guy if needed, right? Um, that's, there are decisions to be made. Uh, you also have to look to the future. You've got guys like Vinny Trocek, who the year after next is an unrestricted free agent. He's only at a cap hit of 4.75 mil. That ain't happening. If he continues anywhere near this pace, that's going up. Um, so you got to you gotta consider what happens then. If you have the money for it, Svetch, obviously, you're going to want it to be as long-term deal as possible. He's going to want it to be more of a bridge deal, so we'll see where that ends up. It maybe ends up somewhere in the Ajo territory, although I think he makes less than Ajo. Um, but we'll see. You've got Nino Niederreiter, who's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know. I don't know. Nino's tough because he's been a little inconsistent, um, but if he can consistently for the next, you know, two seasons put up good points, he's probably going to want to sign for somewhere near what he's at right now. So I don't know how there's much flex in these numbers. Like, if anything, the Hurricanes core is aging out of their entry-level contracts now, and, uh, like, it's now is their time. You know, if you're going to go for a cup, you need to do it in the next couple years. That's going to be your best window. It should still be extremely possible for the next five or so years after that, but you're going to run into more and more cap crunches where you have to let good players go. Like, you have no choice. Um, the expansion draft is a is a big thing, though, because, like, people are going to... Someone's going to select a player off of your roster and take their cap. So... Whether that's a defenseman, you know, whether that's someone like Jake Gardner, I don't know who the Hurricanes are going to protect. Maybe it's like a Brady Shea. I would rather have Gardner out there, you know. But maybe it's like a Hayden Flurry, which I think is a pretty good possibility, um, especially with the Ron, you know, Ron Francis drafted him. Smaller cap hit. So, you know, the guys that I think could get selected, I think maybe maybe Warren Fogle, uh, depends on protections, could get selected. Um I mean, everyone else in the Ford group is going to be protected or has a no-movement clause. Um, you know, maybe Brady Shea, but I, I honestly think that they'll protect him, um, especially since his contract is good through 23-24. That's just a pretty good value for them locking that into knowing what they have. Um, you know, Jake Gardner could go. 4.05 cap hit. I, I would be fine with that. I think that helps the Hurricanes a little bit. But Hayden Flurry could go too, and that doesn't quite help the Hurricanes as much, um, unless they can move Gardner. But then, who are you replacing him with? You know, um, the goalies are another another situation. There's a lot of up in the air, as you can tell. But I feel like it's worth it to start the conversation because it seems like, as always, the two parties are pretty far apart on what what one side is asking for and what the other side is willing to give. That's always going to be the case. It's early. Don't panic about it. Um, you know. The Hurricanes aren't going to sign Dougie if they're going to sign him until the summer. Don't don't expect it to happen right now. Just don't. Like it's not going to happen. Put it out if you're anxious about it, just put it out of your mind cuz I'm telling you right now, it is not going to happen until like free agency is opening. So, it is what it is. We'll wait and see what happens. Uh appreciate you standing by here for this long ass rant about you know players and decisions uh i feel like it's an interesting little point in the season to go ahead and and talk about some of that stuff i wanted to kind of do a quick season in review but um we've already gone 35 minutes so i'll save that for monday 
Um, appreciate you so much if you listen. Seriously, I really, really do. Um, to be, to be, you know, really honest with you here. Um, sometimes it gets, sometimes it gets a little hard to uh, motivate myself to do this show, and uh, I know that there are people out there that listen, you know, but I don't always see that because. I see the numbers, um, you know, but sometimes it's it's sometimes it feels like when you're doing this, like it's just me, you know. I don't have any feedback or anything. Like I love that we have iTunes reviews. I love that we have ratings and stuff. I love that people do let me know that they listen. Like to me, that means a lot um, because it's some kind of like positive feedback and and gives me you know pride to keep going. Um, so I really appreciate you if you've done that. Uh, if you want to do that, it really does mean a lot. Uh, at Kane's Train Pod is the Twitter. You can leave an, a review on iTunes. That honestly helps a lot as well. Uh, but more than anything, guys and girls, just share the show. Like if you like listening to it, I like putting it out, you know. And I'd like to, I'd like to keep doing it for a while. Um, but I'd really like to see it grow. So. If you, you know, if you listen and you like the show, if you subscribe, like, you know, I guarantee you, you know, plenty of other people who are Canes fans, mention it to them, let them know that uh, it's a thing, you know, they can give it a try. I don't expect it to be for everyone. Obviously, nothing is literally nothing in the world. I mean, there are people who hate some of the greatest artists in the world, right? So nothing's for everyone. Um, But if you can help expand the reach of the show, that's so appreciated for real. Uh, And tweet me, let me know that you listen. I like I like that a lot. It, it means a lot. So, um, well, I'm done being real. Uh, I'm gonna go make some dinner. So, go Canes. Be back on Monday. Later.